Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Jason Williams. Blake Castetter. And we are the Sunday Funday guys. Blake, another NFL week in the books. Lots of upsets. Just typical NFL weekend. It was. Those in the survivor pool world, a lot of people learned a lesson the hard way. Yeah. Well, you know why? Because they're not listening to us. Well, I would agree with that because I think we went two for two, right? We did go two for two. We've been on a little bit of a heater with these survivor picks. Now, again, it's not really a heater because, again, after years of toiling and figuring out what rules are rules, we finally figured it out. And to our credit, we've stuck by them. Now, have we lost in some survivors? Yep, we have. But we're still alive in one. So that's better than, I'd say, at least 75% of the people out there. Well, and, you know, again, to our credit, part of the reason we've lost is because we do try to spread picks out when we put multiple picks in in the same pool. Yeah. We try and spread them out and not stick to just one pick and put all of our eggs in one basket. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. Well, let's get started, buddy. Week seven already, man. We're actually getting halfway to the – I can't believe it's almost halfway to the season – and we got some studs and duds picks, fanatics, and I'll let Blake kick it off with his studs for week seven. Well, before we dig too far in, let's talk about that bet we had. Oh, the bet. The bet. Can you refresh my memory on that? I or think did I it refresh was, yours? I think it was Gino or Tua. And I think I had said that I would start Gino over Tua. You did. But I had Tua as one of my duds. So it was kind of a, you know, I was kind of hedging my bet to Tua, but I wasn't real confident on Gino. So I will say that you did win that bet because Tua was not Tua-like. Now, Gino wasn't great, but he was better than Tua. So, Agreed. Neither uh, of them performed well. I, I, I'll give you that. I mean, that, that's that's a hard one to uh, to go with. To, to, to say you're going to take Gino Smith over Tua is, is definitely a bold prediction. And it worked out for you or whoever well, had Gino. Correct. If you had to pick between the two of them, that yeah. was the right pick. Exactly. In the end, the stud pick of Gino wasn't very studly. Stud-like. All right. He's right. Ended up at well, QB 17. I'll call that a dud. However, I did make a stud pick of the week at the running back position who, I mean, you can't get any studlier than Deontay <laughs> Foreman last week with the RB1 performance, 31 and a half, half PPR points on the week, going 16 for 89 and three. Three touchdowns. Three. I, oh, I needed you to call that out, though. Not one, not two, but three. <laughs> it would have been a very good, bold prediction. <laughs> that would have been. That's all right. <laughs> you take what you can get, right? That's right. But then following it up with Drake London, you know, he, um, I think he continued on with where he's been, the -hmm. trajectory he's been on since his week one dud performance. But man, I wouldn't call um, a wide receiver 36 performance a stud performance. So, I mean, you know, they've got some, they've got, you know, they're, they're just inconsistent at quarterback. I mean, you never know what you're getting out of Ritter. And the people who pay the price are, the Drake Londons and the Pitts of the world. Well, I mean, you put those guys on any other team, those would definitely be studs. And they're just kind of 
trolling down there in Atlanta because all they like to do is run the ball. So, I mean, you're going to have some inconsistencies always with any skilled player other than Atlanta running backs when it comes to production. That's right. And even mm-hmm. sometimes the Atlanta running backs, as we saw this week. Exactly. The, the Arthur Phantom. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Bijan Robinson. Uh, yeah. What happened? <laughs> I mean, headache, migraine, stomach bug. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think anyone really knows besides inside sources. Well, I can tell you as an owner of Bijan Robinson and many other fantasy football players were not happy to see him just walking around on the sidelines. So hopefully that is all squared away. But I'll go ahead and get into my duds real quick, and then we'll move on to some other um, predictions and our survivor picks. So duds for the week for me, Tua. We talked about this already. Tua, 23 at 32, 216, at a 72% completion percentage, one touchdown, one interception, QBR of 87.5, good. But for Tua, that's actually his lowest QBR of the year. So, again, if you were playing Tua in fantasy, you did not get the production that you normally get. And with that being said, I'll move on to Saquon Barkley. Now, in terms of the yards, he did okay. 21 carries, 77 yards. But what probably gave him the most points was his three catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. So I wouldn't necessarily call that a dud. Uh, but definitely wasn't kind of the middle of the road for Saquon. But last week, I believe he was a top five play. So I'm not sure that was top five value from what you got from Saquon last week. And then my last dud was a it was more of a stud. I think we should have switched receivers, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really do. So our guy Puka, Nakua, man, I missed this one badly. It's probably the worst one I've missed all year. He had eight. Excuse me, he had 12 targets, eight receptions, 154 yards, 19 yards a catch against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the dud I picked, I don't know if it was last week or a couple weeks ago, Mr. Cooper Cup was the dud for this week. So I think I was a little ahead of the game with him. Only two receptions, seven targets, 29 yards, and had one catch for 24. So you're talking about a dud. I mean, Cooper Cup. Dud and our boy Puka definitely a stud for this week. So I uh, did not fare well with my receiver pick this week. So do you think that bounces back and Cooper Cup is a stud this week and Puka is a dud this week? Uh, well, I, we're just going to have to wait that one out because I'm not picking either one of them this week. <laughs> I don't know if Stafford can feed both every week enough. I mean, you look at these tandems across the league and I mean, we're seeing it. The wide receiver twos. Struggling. And those, a lot of the players that were picked in round two struggling this year are struggling. I mean, look at yep. Higgins, look at Wada, look at Devonta. Yes. And, and, and then in really... this case, now that the Rams have both receivers back, yep, they can't feed both all the time. Exactly. So in theory, you're going to want to take away the best receiver, and that's always going to be Cooper Cup. So Puka is benefiting – not only from not having Cooper, but also from having him as well. So, you know, he I, at this point, he Puka's he's the best number two out there and potentially number one if you look at the stats. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about your bold prediction because it had a lot of uh, layers to it for week seven. I'll let you go ahead and explain your prediction for last week. 
Well, <laughs> we don't need to go too deep into it. He's, All right. You know, it was um, Najee Harris being outscored by seven players behind him in the rankings. And, you know, if he hadn't stumbled into the end zone, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe that bold mm-hmm. prediction becomes fairly close to coming true, but I it did you. not this week. I mean, Deonta Foreman, though, did Stepped jump up. him. He was ranked behind him before um, the games kicked off, and he definitely finished ahead of him. I got you. I got you. Well, again, a lot of layers. They're bold predictions for a reason. Fanatics, hey, we try to put our best foot forward. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Mine's was a bold, bold prediction in – did not come to fruition. Now, our, our buddy Tyson Badgett had a great game in terms of completions for his first game. Did throw for a lot of yards, had a touchdown. But again, the way forward play, you didn't need to throw the ball a lot or need to, you know, you know, chuck the ball downfield. So he was pretty much a pedestrian, 21 to 29 for 162 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. But ironically enough, he outscored Tua. Justin Herbert, Brock Purdy, and Jared Goff. So while not a bold prediction, that's a pretty good uh, week for a kid that has never played in an NFL game or started. So if you can outscore those four guys, then you're doing something pretty good, and they just had off weeks. So Tyson, you know, I tried, buddy, being West Virginia, giving you some West Virginia love. You didn't come through for me, but, you know, maybe another time. I mean, if you'd put him in a different category, like a – a sleeper category? Could have been. Yeah. I mean, you hit that on the nail, a nail on the head. Duly noted. Duly noted. Now our sleeper picks. Sleeper. Yes. Speaking of sleeper picks, yes. <laughs> Man, mine was bad. <laughs> don't even go into it. Wandale Robinson did not hit. Done. Mm. End of story. You okay. had uh, Zay Flowers, right? Yeah. He, again, he did, did all right. Like four... Four receptions, six targets, 75 yards. Okay, Dave. But the reason I picked him because I thought it would be a shootout. Now, it turned out to be a blowout rather than a shootout. Now, I think if Detroit hangs in there, I think we're talking about a whole nother, you know, game. I, I think Baltimore called off the dogs pretty much in the fourth quarter. Didn't need to, to throw the ball as much as they had earlier in the game. So, Zay Flowers, he's still getting targets, actually leading the, leading the team in reception yards. So look for Zay Flowers to continue that production and Lamar to keep looking for him throughout the rest of the year. He definitely trusts him. And yep. I'll tell you, Lamar looked good as a pocket passer. He did. I'd venture to say that's probably his best game as a pocket passer, maybe ever. And that, that's saying something. He looked, he, I mean, he looked legit. He did. Yep, now, yep. he did have a really good game or two at the beginning of last season when he was um, – He did. And they kept him in the pocket as well. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get to the most important part. Our survivor picks for last week, Blake. I mean, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. I, I said two <laughs> for two. That was on our strong picks, but we were actually three for three. Correct. Because we hit on the caution pick as well. Yes, we did. So my pick was the easy pick. It was the Seahawks over the cards. That was a lock. Mm-hmm. And I think um, actually over 50% of people ended up picking the Seahawks. It makes but sense. Survive in advance. Survive in advance, yeah. Can't worry about week eight if you don't get past week seven. And trust me, folks, a lot of people did not get past week seven. 
four percent based on popular pick. And Blake, what's the average? You know, is it in the teens usually in terms of people who get eliminated in a given week on the high end? A high end average, yeah, low teens. Yeah. So this was a abnormal week for folks in survivor pools and picking those games that you thought were sure bets and turned out to be not so sure. I mean, so based on pick popularity, five of the six most popular picks last week got knocked out. Crazy. Crazy. That, that That's why that's why this survivor thing is so difficult because you just never know. Like you think you got to figure it out. You've gone through the first month. You're like cruising. It's October. You're like, oh, man, you know, I got this. This team's going to win. Next thing you know, boom, you're out and you're, you're, you're cussing yourself out like what just happened. But again, that's the beauty of Survivor. It is. Now, now my Survivor pick was a pretty easy pick. Now, again, the Chargers and the Chiefs have had some battles, but, you know, the Chargers are the Chargers and the Chiefs are the Chiefs, period. So no need to go into anything. Uh, we won't talk about <laughs> Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes. We'll get to that one later. We'll get to that later. We're not going to talk about that now. We're not going to spend much time on it. But, again, Chiefs dominated. Kelsey was Kelsey. Mahomes was Mahomes, and the Chargers can't stop anybody. Easy, easy pick this week, or excuse me, last week. Yeah, and I called that one wrong. You know, that that game concerned me. I told you last week in our yeah. cast that, I, that that game scared me. That was almost my caution pick. Yeah, But yeah. Chiefs looked good, and Chargers did not. No, no. So then, speaking of caution picks. Yes. Woo! <laughs> Cha-ching! The most, man, that was a huge pick. Mm -hmm. Buffalo over New England. I think that was a, it was a top three popular pick. And man, I don't know what's happened to Buffalo. No, no. Now we're doing this on the Thursday night. They look a little bit different tonight. But uh, I'm looking at your notes. It was the highest win probability at 74.5%. Yes, sir. I mean, those numbers are speak for themselves. Second highest popularity pick wise at fourteen point five, so a lot of people got knocked out because of this game. And, and we talked about it, folks. Again, it's simple: follow the rules. Division matchup. The familiarity with division foes makes those games typically a lot closer, regardless if they're home or away. And we knew the Patriots were struggling. We knew they were struggling really bad, and they needed a win, and they got a win over a really good Buffalo team. And at, at this point, you don't, you don't really know what you're getting out of the Bills anymore. Nope. Yeah. Yep. And we'll, we'll touch on that division on the road here a little bit later as well. Yes. Now let's get into week eight. Now we're done with week seven. Put that away. Week eight, we got some studs and duds picks. So, Blake, I will let you kick it off with your studs for week eight. All right, let's fly through these. So Yes. Trying to find, I don't want to call them sleepers because they're not deep, but mm-hmm. you know, people that players that you might start over the obvious picks. So at the quarterback position, I'm going with Derek Carr. So he's got three games in a row that he's played well, back to back QB one outings, currently ranked 18th on fantasy pros. So in theory, mm-hmm. in most 12 and 14 team leagues, you're not going to be starting Derek Carr. 
But this week yeah. he's got the Colts. They've allowed four of seven QBs to throw multiple TDs a game. That is one thing that Derek Carr has yet to do this season, is throw multiple touchdowns. Wow, that's an interesting stat. he's got good odds this week. Mm -hmm. The Colts have also allowed five QBs to score at least 18 points. Another stat that Carr has yet to, a feat that he has yet to achieve, scoring Mm -hmm. 20 points in a game. Gotcha. I think streak stays alive. Derek Carr hits for another QB one outing, exceeding 20 points, and hitting his two touchdowns. Derek Carr. You heard it here, folks. Going back to the Bills. Going back to the Bills. And not knowing what you're going to get. I'm not watching the game as we speak. It's in the (laughs) other room. But I say Rashad White. Mm -hmm. As a stud this week, going against the Bills' run defense that's been struggling. The past four weeks, they've allowed all four running backs to have scored at least 13 PPR points. And they've allowed the fourth highest explosive run rate during that time frame. Since the, the bye what, week. What, what's the finest explosive run? Oof. Are we talking 10 yards, probably? 10, 15 yard run? You're calling me out and I don't have that answer. That's okay. I would assume it has to be over 10 yards. At but, least. So Rashad White has not been an explosive runner. He has right. one of the lowest explosive run rates in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I can't define exactly what explosive run rate is, but I can tell you who's allowing it and who's not doing it. Gotcha. Nope, <laughs> so we got that. Since the bye week, Rashad White has averaged four catches on five targets per game. Coincidentally, the Bills have also allowed at least four receptions to running backs over mm-hmm. the past three weeks. Currently ranked RB22 on Fantasy Pros, I think Rashad White ends up a high-end RB2 this week. Wow. And I, it's funny because I actually have him in a couple of leagues, and I, I'm, I'm playing him tonight without even looking at your notes, so I'm excited about that. Well, hopefully we are right again. Yes, let's hope so. All right, so on to my wide receiver stud of the week, uh, Joshua Palmer. Mm-hmm. I was... Fairly wrong about Palmer. I thought Quentin Johnson would be the man if something, when something were to happen to Mike Williams, as he's made the all injured list roster yet again. (laughs) Yet again. Um, Another year. Last week, he went off against a good Kansas City defense, five catches for 133. He's had at least seven targets in each of the past four games. Since week four, he's had a 23.1% target share, 36% air yard share, and has had a 23.7% first read share. Wow. With Ke- even with Keaton Allen on the team? Wow, that's Keaton Allen on the team. That's saying something. Justin Herbert, trust him. Mm-hmm. This week, he's got Chicago. They've ranked 20th Ooh. against wide receivers, so they're middle of the pack, mm-hmm. but they just allowed Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams both to score 12 PPR points last week. So, currently, Joshua Palmer's ranked wide receiver 34 on Fantasy Pros. I think he ends up a top 24 wide receiver this week. Nice. So, fire up Joshua Palmer as a flex, maybe? I mean, even a wide receiver three. Three? Okay. All right. All right. 
Well, let's get into the studs. Excuse me, the duds. I'm so used to saying studs and duds. So my duds for week eight. I, there's, you know what? Honestly, I had a hard time picking duds this week. It wasn't there wasn't any rhyme or reason. So I looked at some of the stats, looked at some of the numbers, and my QB dud for this week is going to be none, no other than Kirk Cousins. Now we saw Kurt on Monday night carve up the Niners like a Thanksgiving turkey. But honestly, in my opinion, and I have no reason to, I have no data to back this up, playing against Green Bay on the road, coming off a great game, we all know how Kirk Cousins is. His, he is Mr. Inconsistent. One week he looks like Tom Brady, the next week he looks like, you know, Tom whoever. Like he's never thrown a, never thrown a ball ever. So I am saying that Kirk Cousins this week is going to be a dud. Again, no rhyme or reason. Just kind of going with my gut. Don't think he could play good back-to-back games and against the Green Bay Packers team, who has some familiarity with Minnesota obviously being the same division. So Kirk Cousins, my week eight dud at quarterback. I now, find that I find that funny you pick him as your dud because he was my original stud this week. <laughs> that that's gonna I, I was waiting for that to happen. That would be interesting. Now that's a bet for sure. I'm game for that. <laughs> now, in terms of running backs, I am going with not just one running back, but two. I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts backfield. And the reason I'm going with that is because they're playing the Seahawks, and the Seahawks, they're giving up less than 100 yards rushing per game. And honestly, if the Seahawks are smart, they're going to have to, they're going to let Gardner Mitchell try to beat them in the air and stop, stop Zach Moss and Taylor. So the best thing for the Seahawks to do is let the Colts throw the ball, and I think they're going to gang up on the run. They're playing at home, so they're going to be fired up, and I think they're going to stop Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss and keep them in check. So I have the Indianapolis running back backfield as my dud duds for week eight. Now, at receiver, this was kind of a surprise for me because he was actually in the top ten in terms of rankings for fantasy at at the receiver position, Adam Thielen. And you're thinking, Adam Thielen, where is he? Well, he is with the Carolina Panthers. And honestly, Fanatics, he's having a great year. Like nobody saw what Adam Adam Thielen is doing this year coming. But I just think Houston coming off a bye, DeMarco Ryan's being more of a defensive coach, knowing they have to really only stop one player, and that player is Adam Thielen. I think they're going to put the clamps on him, and I think he's going to struggle against the Houston Texans defense. So there are my duds for Week Eight. I tell you, Adam Thielen has been yeah one of the surprises this year. I'd say he's right up there with Puka uh, yep. in terms of receiver. I couldn't that's believe why, it. That's why I said one of because in my head I'm thinking Puka, but yeah. then it's Adam Thielen. Like I did not see that revival no. coming. Not at all. Not at all. Not with a rookie quarterback. And who else do they have down there? I mean, they have Hayden Hurst, and they have Miles Sanders. And in terms of receiver, I don't. Uh, I guess that's why Adam Thielen's doing well because we don't Terrence, know who they're. Terrence Marshall. Terrence Marshall. Yeah, yeah. Who's requested a trade? <laughs> Shocking. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure who else they have a wide receiver. Yeah, that's okay. Well, Adam Thielen is definitely getting the, is the beneficiary of. Basically, a rookie quarterback having nobody else to throw to. And Hayden Hurst isn't really having the year that people thought he would, which is kind of surprising. 
in terms of not only fantasy, but, you know, uh, I think everybody, when he signed that contract, thought he was going to be uh, a kind of a, 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 you know, a check down guy for Bryce Young. And he has been nothing when he at was in the Bengals. At least involved in the passing game, but that just shows yeah. you that you know, quarterback can make you. Exactly, exactly. We got Joe Burrow throwing to you. That helps. That's a little bit different than a, a rookie quarterback for sure. So, sleeper time. Yes, it is. Oh. I'm going to go kind of wild. I'm looking at it right now. It's the first I've seen this. Go ahead. Atlanta Falcons DST. They oh. got to be available on your waiver wire. You're getting ready to go up against the Titans who oh. are having a fire sale. They are mm. getting rid of their defense. They're getting rid of their offense. They're looking to sell, 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 and prepare for the future. Rebuild. Exactly. Now you've got Ryan Tannehill out. Mm. Will, Will Levitz. Yep, starting. Woo. Come on, man. Atlanta, go get them. Stream them. Let's go. Yeah, if you got it. Listen, if you got a, a defense on a bye, this is a perfect week to pick up the Atlanta Falcons defense. There's no question. I don't need to reiterate what Blake said, but the Titans, I mean, they're definitely prepared for not only next year's draft, but maybe the next two or three years draft. So fire sale going on in, in Tennessee, unfortunately, because, you know, they've had pretty good rosters. They just can't get over the hump. And now with Tannehill being hurt, there's some talk of Henry being traded. They've already traded a couple of their defensive guys. As Blake would say, fire up the Falcons' defense. And if you do daily fantasy, oh. Falcons are cheap. It's like yeah. I think DraftKings I saw twenty six hundred. Yeah, cheap. That's low. That is low. So my sleeper for Week Eight is, you know, a quarterback that's been much maligned over the past you know year and a half. Had a great start to his career. For some reason, it's kind of tailed off once he left Seattle. And my sleeper is Russell Wilson, currently at QB 15. Um, I think he's going to rekindle some of his Seahawks days, and he's going to throw – this is kind of a bold prediction too. I think he throws for three touchdowns against the Chiefs or possibly 300 yards. And as I talked about, this is an interesting game for another reason, and we'll get back to that as we get going later in the show. Did you say Russell Wilson? Yeah. And bold predictions? I did. Speaking of Russell Wilson and bold predictions, <laughs> I predict that Russell Wilson will be held to under 10 fantasy points. Wow. Against the Kansas okay. City Chiefs. They just dominated Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I gotcha. Their 11th ranked defense against quarterbacks has only allowed, only allowed Herbert to score 12.9 fantasy points. But wait, there's more. <laughs> did you know in week six they also played the Broncos? I did. That was a Thursday night game, right? It was. Yes. And they held Terrible Russell Terrible game. Yeah, they held Russell Wilson to ninety five yards passing, one touchdown, and two INTs for a total of less than ten points. Right. So if you like so the Chiefs defense, I think they'll do it again. You can play them too. So we got a little Russell Wilson thing going on too. We, we do, but yeah. So we that bold prediction for week that's eight, right. Russell Wilson go. held under ten points. Wow, that's uh, 
hey, it's happened once, so could happen again. So maybe it's not that bold. Yeah, well, we'll see. Now, twice against the same team, that's bold. Let's be honest. (laughs) So my bold prediction is um, Damian Pierce, Blake. You remember him? I do. I told you to go pick him up. Yeah, Damian Pierce from the the Houston Texans. Kind of haven't really heard a lot from from him this, this, this year so far. So let me give you a stat line. He's got 97 rushes, which is a decent amount. Only 281 yards, a 2.9 average, and one touchdown so far through week seven. My bold prediction is this week against the Carolina Panthers, he goes for not only over 100 yards, but over 140 and gets two touchdowns against the Panthers' awful defense. Book it. You know, that makes a lot of sense because if you think back to when I said go trade for Damian Pierce, my reasoning was at some point they're going to have to respect C.J. Stroud and his ability mm-hmm. to pass the ball and stop stacking the box. Exactly. And that, that's, that time is now. All right. Well, yeah. okay. we will find out. We will find out. So Damian Pierce, fire him up if you got him. I know he hasn't done anything. You're probably sitting him and you might have even cut him. But this might be the week he gets going and gets – your owner, your fantasy owner, some much needed points because he's brought nothing to the table so far through seven weeks. Yeah, if you've got Damian Pierce so far, you've been frustrated for sure. Yes, for sure. Now, survivor, survivor, survivor. Here we go. Charges over Bears. Easy enough. That's my pick. <laughs> it's got to be a top four popular pick this week. I don't have the numbers, unfortunately, but. I mean, it's a home game, so you got the Bears traveling a good distance. Not quite all the way across the country, but it's a long distance. They're traveling time zones for sure. Sure, yeah. Um, I think, I don't think the Bears defense can stop the Chargers. I think they're going to rebound after their game against KC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's going to be a solid win for the Chargers. Um, additionally, I like the fact that the Chargers have low future value. Uh-huh. It, they've got a rough schedule of games coming up all the way up until you get to week 14 when they play none other than the Denver Broncos. Broncos. That's mm. right. Um, changing things over, my caution pick of the week, I'm back to Philly at Washington. Mm, Philly. Philly's ah. been a popular... They've been a popular caution pick over the last several weeks. Except for the one week that I honorable mentioned them as the stud or the solid pick, and they <laughs> fell through on me. Um, <laughs> this one, again, scares me. It's a division game, like you mentioned earlier, with Buffalo mm-hmm. and New England. It's on the road. And if you look back to just a couple of weeks ago when Philly played Washington in Philly, Washington gave them a run for their money. I mean, ended up in mm. overtime with Philly getting the win, 34-31. to 31. Yeah, I've seen I mean, crazier happen. No, I think that was my caution pick for that week because I know I, I've picked Philly a couple times. And I think that was one of the caution picks, Philly and the Commanders. And uh, they eked out a win, as you said, in overtime. So keep an eye on that one, Fanatics. And then as far as the Chargers, I mean, let's be honest, they need a win. I mean, they need to they need to win desperately to even if they lose the game, this game to the Bears. I mean, they're essentially done. And the Bears' defense is awful. 
The Chargers offense is still really, really good. They've just kind of been off lately, but I think that's a definitely a strong pick. So I like them, Blake. I like the I caution. Uh, yeah, I like the strong pick and the caution. Yeah, and I think um, Justin Fields isn't playing, and while the Bears looked, they looked all right. Decent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure they can continue that momentum. And like you had said, the Chargers, they're also been dealing with injuries. You know, Eckler was out. Mike Williams mm-hmm. went down. Justin Fields mm-hmm. or Justin um, Herbert had the finger injury. So, yep. you know, they're all back. So Who are you going with on the strong side? I am going with the Detroit Lions. Now, after Sunday's performance, you may say, I, Jason, I'm not so sure about that. Well, they are playing the Las Vegas Raiders. And while the Raiders defense is good, honestly, I think the Lions are just pissed off that they got blown out by the Ravens. I mean, they if you watch that game, they got they got killed. I mean, they were physically dominated. When a team gets physically dominated in the NFL, they usually come back with a vengeance. So I, my pick is Detroit. I think Jimmy G may be starting for the Raiders. And obviously, he's been out for a couple weeks. So there could be a little rust. And honestly, I still believe in the Lions. I think the Lions are a really good team. I think, you know, in the NFL, you know, you hit a, you hit a bump in the road every once in a while and you don't show up and that happens. And they're on Monday Night Football for the first time, Blake, since 2018. What were you doing in 2018? Working don't know. Oh, that's true. You were doing that. We were talking about this, <laughs> but that's not on a podcast, right? That's right. <laughs> that's right. And they're wearing new blue helmets, Blake. And you know what they say, look good, feel good, feel good, play good. Yep. I got that I got that from Coach Prime. Right. So I had to take I had to steal that one. I am going with the Detroit Lions to beat the Las Vegas Raiders as a strong pick this week in Survivor. I mean, no. I don't see the Lions losing two in a row. No, no. Now, my caution pick is going to be very interesting and I'm going to go with the Chiefs at the Broncos. Now, you thought Buffalo at New England was a slam dunk, and I'm assuming you're going to think Chiefs at Broncos is a slam dunk. But, again, fanatics, be careful. Division game on the road. Chiefs had a major, major victory. Everybody's loving Kelsey and Swift and Mahomes, and it's just driving me up the wall. I hope the Chiefs don't win another game, if you want me to be honest. Because if I keep seeing Taylor Swift, I'm going to lose my mind. But nonetheless, I am taking, as a caution pick, the Chiefs at the Broncos. So be careful about this game. Be very careful. I mean, I'm on board with that. We had the Chiefs have not looked like the Chiefs up until this past week. Yeah, they look good this week. No question. They did. So, fluke? Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're bringing it back together. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. It's a risky pick to find out the hard way. It is a risky pick for sure. So those those are our survivor picks, fanatics. Again, follow the rules. Follow the rules. You're, we're getting into the end of October. A lot of people have been eliminated. Hopefully, you're one of those folks that's still alive. And if you are, it is more imperative than ever that you follow the rules. If you need to. Go back to our first episode where we talked about those rules. Play that back. Play it for your friends. Play it for anybody that's in the Survivor because, again, it will help you get through these tougher games as you keep surviving and advancing. 
the pool gets smaller and smaller. Blake. That's going to be one of those things that I think we're going to do every year is recap the rules, a whole episode dedicated to the rules. Yeah, I think we have to. Because again, they, again, trial and error with these rules. But if you look at the weeks and the teams that have lost who have been high picks of Survivor, I guarantee you at least one, two, or three of those rules would apply to each of those games. I guarantee it. Yeah, I mean, you're learning from our mistakes, our blood, sweat, and tears. A lot of mistakes. <laughs> a lot of mistakes. A lot of tears, too. A lot of tears. <laughs> a lot of tears, for sure. Okay. Final word from Blake on week eight, leading up to week eight. If Kyler Murray's available on your waiver wire, still, somehow, some way, go pick him up before the games start this week. Don't allow him to go to waivers and get bid on going into next week. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kyler Murray's a QB1 most weeks, but he does carry name value. And I do think if you can pick him up and pair him with somebody with to propose trades to teams that might need a quarterback or might mm-hmm. fall for that bait of a name value quarterback, you might right. get something decent in return for a waiver wire pickup and a, you know, a flex player or a bench stud. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's a, that's a great, uh, that's a great final thought. Um, I don't have my actually final thought written down, but I do want to talk about the waiver wire. And as guys continue to get hurt, you're going to find guys out of nowhere that are going to come into play. So this time of year, it is imperative that you start scanning that waiver wire religiously, like make it a point to set aside, I don't know, 10, 5, 10 minutes every week just to go through and see who's out there and compare it with stats, compare what you have on your team. See, Obviously, if somebody's on your team is hurt, you need to pick up somebody, scour that waiver wire because you just never know. And guys, again, are starting to drop like flies. I mean, this this NFL thing, it's a tough 17 weeks, and you're going to have injuries. And usually the folks who last in fantasy have depth at positions that are key. So continue to scour the waiver wire. You're going to pick up guys like Kyler Murray and stash him because you never know. I mean, he could come out like game busters or he could be, you know, a dud. But nonetheless, you've got him on your team. So continue to scavenge the waiver wire and make sure that you're getting players that can fit your team. And again, guys are getting hurt left and right. It's imperative. Even if it's defenses with buys and kickers, all that stuff starts to add up over time. Yeah, and you know, to add on to your point about scavenging the waiver wire, one thing that I highly recommend everyone do is look at who's dropped on Correct. a weekly basis. Because just as important. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, because some people have to make the choice. Do I want to keep this guy or I want to drop this guy? He may not be doing anything, but he may have potential. And sometimes you make the right move. And we've all done it. Sometimes you make the right move and sometimes you don't. We all drop guys and we wish we were like, damn it, I wish I didn't drop that guy. And somebody's already picked him up. So, again, waiver wire, please, please, it's imperative that you keep on it, keep looking at it every week. Every It's a, it's a you know, this league changes every week with injuries. And the more you look at the waiver wire and know who's out there, the better opportunity you have to – stave off injuries that are 
obviously going to hit your team at some point. That's right, man. Well, yeah. you know, we uh, didn't get any questions sent in this week, so that was kind of a bummer, but that's all know, right. Keep, uh, keep following us on the socials. Hit us up yes. on Instagram. Hit us up on Facebook. We do appreciate any um, comments, likes, follows, messages, questions, as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Five-star reviews go a long way. We appreciate it, guys. 100%. Uh, we've been doing this for, what, three months now? And I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying it every time we do it. So I feel like we're getting better. Fanatics, we love to hear your, your input. Either tell us we're great, tell us we suck. We don't care. We can take it. doesn't matter. <laughs> keep, keep the feedback coming. We'll keep putting together good content for y'all. Exactly. So next week, Blake, we're going to review week eight already. Halfway through the season, my man. I can't believe it. Uh, we're going to talk about our picks, the good, the bad, the ugly. Look ahead to week nine who, uh, and talk about our bets. We, well, who are we hedging this week? We got Russell. And then we talked about somebody else. I can't remember who else we talked about. Looks like we'll have to go back and listen to it. Yeah, we will. We will. Well, Fanatics, that's a wrap for this episode of the Sunday Funday Guys podcast. My name is Jason Williams. And I'm Blake. Fanatics, have a great Sunday Funday.